It's an icicle in here. It's f***ing freezing, isn't it? It is. I hate it. I hate this happens. <laughs> I blame Kirsten. What? I didn't touch anything in there. Oh, sure you didn't, you, you person who is... Pregnant. Why can't you say the word? <laughs> I want her to say it. <laughs> oh my god. Pregnant. Pregnant. Today on the Geek Out Podcast, embedded electro-osmotic pumps for scalable shape displays. We lost a couple of legends, Jerry Springer and Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> you had such emotion there, Art. <laughs> I know. I had something to say That's about it. That's his new news broadcast. Bud's electro-osmotic like, like pumps that. there. I wanted to chime in and be like, again, Bud, again with the electro-osmotic <laughs> pumps, scalable shape displays, boring. Could there be a more cliche thing for you to be talking about? And then Art had to really jump on top of me to make sure that he yeah. read his line. We lost Walter and I put, and then I was going to go, the Super Mario Brothers movie has broken a billion dollars. Woo-hoo! Oh, no. So maybe not that. That's great. Keep it. Yeah. But, you know, nine million people have watched a ripped version on Twitter. And back to death, Carrie Fisher is going to get a posthumous star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Kirsten James! Oh, my God. Oh, what a way to start. Nerdy is the new sexy. It's good to be a geek. The Zones Geek Out, the podcast. It's the Zones Geek Out podcast. This is episode 238. May the second be with you. We record this on Tuesday in 2023. I'm Webmeister Bud. Oh, God. I was Bud's Weekly Geek Out Wednesdays at 720 with Dylan and Jason in the morning zone. And next week... I will be part of the mixtape live with DJ Freebags, DJ Boytano, and A Skills from the UK. Hey, how does that work together? How does the D- two DJs work? I don't know. One at a time. <laughs> okay, but they can and also go back and time. forth. Okay. Or they could. Yeah, Art. When you see a poster <laughs> for a music festival, do you just think everyone's playing at the same time? How does that work? How does this work? <laughs> okay. I mean. <laughs> Double trouble? I don't know. All the bands all at once? Sounds like a nightmare. I'm Art Aronson. Yeah. That's my call. That was the loudest 20 minutes of music I've ever heard. I got to say, guys, I needed this. Today was like yeah. the worst day at work and government and approvals. And it was days like today. I was like, I wish I was, uh, you know, doing something creative and fun with my friends. So uh, anyways, here I am. Well, here happy. Happy. Well, I'm so glad. Well, tell us about yourself then. Uh, Art Aronson, retired broadcaster. Really, just happy to be here. <laughs> I'm DJ Boy Tano, and I do stuff on the radio. And next Thursday, I'm <laughs> going to be with DJ Geek Out. Here are the Zones Mixtape Live. One okay. after the other, though, Art. <laughs> yes. Not all at once. Okay. But could you try and do all at once, though? Or? Yeah, they call it like if it's two DJs doing one set. And then they, they've each got their own, like, set of um, kind of turntables and stuff. They call it a two-by-four. Thank you. 
No. Which, Brian, <laughs> something we've got to try. Yeah. That did not prove any points for it, you, Art. It, no. it, you were not <laughs> thinking of a two by four when you yeah. asked that question, Art. Yeah. But, Art, it's a two by four, not a four by four. It's uh, not four all four. all four DJs going at once. Or I think, though, Bud, you're right. I want to do, let's do a mixtape where instead of we're tag teaming, like you do one set and I do one set. You do one song, I'll mix yes. into that song, oh, and then you yes. mix into the next one. Totally would like that. Is that, that like what Daft planning. Punk does? Yeah, and we'll wear helmets and speak in French accents. <laughs> we'll and one of us will compose for the ballet in 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bud's already got his little costume that he likes to wear. Do oh, not call it a costume. Uh, and, um, yeah. So, I don't know why he takes offense to the word costume. He's wearing a costume. It's not a uniform. What's the difference? Uniform costume. Anywho, anywho, anywho. I like saying costume. Um, I'm Bulbas, you know, and um, it's funny to say that we work in this stupid, silly, creative uh, ministry art. Today, I had this wonderful moment um, yesterday because I, I just got back from Tofino. I took a little extended long weekend. Went to Tofino just to, you know, sit on the beach. And, Who'd you um, go with? It's, what in the... That is not your business. Why are you telling story? Oh my god, what? that was so fast, Art. Oh my god, you say that to me. Inquiring minds want to know. No. Always the newsy. So, twenty-four fiscal hours ago, I'm sitting on a beach listening to that that sound and of the waves crash on the sand, and it was quite a wavy weekend. It was beautiful, blue skies, waves crashing and crashing, and then today, here I am back at work. Uh, I spent 45 minutes uh, listening to, dubbing, and editing uh, cat barf noises. What? It's just work, you know? It's just for, for the show. For oh, the show. oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just, that's, that's the creative. That's the creative process. That's the creative Was process. Was that because Jenny's cat threw up during the jock meeting today? No, but I did notice that. No? I noticed that she did get oh, no. distracted by something in the mm. meeting, and I was like, Something's going on there. And apparently her cat was barfing and barfing. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, so that's all I have. Thank you. So, Oh, you know, you know what I also wanted to mention? What's, I wonder how this white writer strike is going to uh, shake down and how it might affect this podcast, eh? I, I think we're going to start hearing, if it if it drags on especially, yeah, uh, Hollywood writer strikes, the Writers Guild of America is on strike right now. Uh, if we might start having to deal with that in some way on this podcast, mm. if things are going to slow down or or if it just becomes a story that we start talking about. I'm kind of interested. I remember years and years ago, the last time there was a writer's strike, mm-hmm. I remember Conan O'Brien did the, like, do you all remember this? They just, they mm. were doing the show with no writers. So no monologue, yeah. no sketches. And Conan was just out there killing time as best he could. And so yeah. instead of like, you know, some of those great sketches that they used to do on late night, I remember one day he just like was spinning his ring on his desk, seeing how long he could spin it for and stuff like oh that. My God. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. Just like stuff that didn't require writers. And it was so funny. This time, like everyone's just shutting everything down. Like everything yeah. just goes into reruns, evidently. But it read- also changed a lot of things too. Like television mm. seasons used to yeah. be a minimum of 24 episodes. Yeah. Then they went, they cut them almost in half. That was, right? that was uh, an effect of the strike. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, wow. and it was like must have been like some sort of negotiation thing, right? It was just like you're sure. not gonna overwork these writers. You're gonna if you're gonna not necessarily gonna pay them more, then they're gonna do less work. Well, and so this one is all about uh, being compensated fairly for stuff on streamers, because again, mm-hmm. apparently you know just the contracts and everything kind of I guess predate 
this streaming model and the way that the money comes in these days. So that's what they're fighting for this time. And I think it's interesting. I watched a video today where uh, one writer, you know, you guys know um, Adam Conover? No. He uh, he did like a, it was like a Funny or Die or Crack.com or I don't know, some some website series where he would uh, like talk like um, talk about things that you thought you knew about, but he just like, would prove it all wrong. Like uh, his really, he had a really famous one about how diamonds are, like the the tradition of a diamond engagement ring is completely manufactured by the De Beers Diamond Company just to sell yeah, diamonds. That I knew. Yeah, really- so so he he has these really brilliantly, beautifully written little sketches and that he put online to like talk about things. And then, and then he had a show as well. I can't remember where it was now, Comedy Central or something, where he would do a similar thing, just kind of like do deep dives into cultural things and prove shit wrong. Anyways, he is a part of the WGA, and he, I saw him on CNN Today, which Zaslav is head of still oh. because of the way all the corporations work and all that. And so he was on CNN Today talking about how Zaslav makes – $250 million a year, a quarter of a billion dollars. Oh, good Lord. At which he then uh, called 10,000 writer's salaries. Like, that's Holy. that's what he's talking about here. That's the divide right now. That's what these writers are fighting for, that, oh, you know, the crazy. top guy making making that insane money and then just trying to, like, get fairly compensated. There is money in this industry, and it just all goes up to the top. So that's what the strike's about. So I'm interested to see how it how it works out. Yes, I'm also interested. Kirsten James almost finished eating this giant salad during that. Chew, chew, chew. Thank you, Paul. This week on Bud's Weekly Geek Out. I talked about embedded electro-osmotic pumps for scalable shape displays, which Again? is basically... Oh, God, boring! Oh, I heard three different morning shows on about this this morning. <laughs> <laughs> which is basically... Bumpy touchscreens, the uh, smarty pants at Carnegie Mellon University are experimenting with teeny tiny air pumps underneath a display like a smartphone display that could raise uh, portions of it, a couple millimeters, so you could feel things on your smartphone. Mm. Things like apps that have notifications or uh, notification bars across the top, or probably one of the better ones was the snooze button that you actually have to physically press down <laughs> on. Yeah. But again, you don't have, you could you could do this in the dark. You could do this with your eyes closed from bed, just reach over and you find that spot with your finger because it's tactile and then you smoosh it down. Uh, media controls, um, the play and uh, pause buttons and everything. And then along the bottom, you've got this little bar of little dots and you can see or feel, I guess, with your fingers, how far along your song is. Coolest example, though, was was probably the keyboard. Like, all the keys on your keyboard, they pop up, and then they are tactile, and you, it would be a lot easier to type without um, looking at your phone. And so a really neat concept in very, 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 very early stages. But frankly, yes, I would love to see this come to fruition because it would be uh, great to... I, I started it talking about screens in cars, which I kind of just don't mm. like because it's so you have to look, you have to physically look at the mm-hmm. screen to know what you're hitting at. But sure. if there were tactile bumps, then you could, you know, change your stations or, uh, you know, sources or whatever without having to look. Uh, but always, please give me that dial, that twisty dial for the volume. Oh, forgive yeah. me if you touched on this already, but did BlackBerry not try doing this? 
with a physical keyboard? Or no, are you talking about with like they they had I think they had like a prototype of what would look like an iPhone or an Android phone. And then yeah, like bumps come up to signify the keys. So you can still kind of feel your way through a keyboard. That's interesting. But I only remember ever seeing a prototype and this must have been close to 10 years ago, like before BlackBerry just fully went under. Yeah, I am not seeing anything about that. I love that. I think that's brilliant. Um, But no, not to my knowledge. Oh. Maybe like the I last sort of it. major thing BlackBerry did, I guess, before they sunk was they released a phone called the Priv. Um, but it did have, it had a full-size Android screen, but then also a keyboard underneath it. And other companies have iterated on this uh, in the past because people stu- still do love their physical keyboards. But I don't remember that. I That's great. That would They would be very ahead of the curve if so. Yeah, now I'm looking into it. Maybe I dreamed it. I don't know. I thought I saw something like that, and I thought it was BlackBerry that was trying that. Fascinating. You have very progressive dreams. I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn it. I should have turned it into something. Exactly. <laughs> now, but Comic- did you also touch on the accessibility part about this? I mean, like. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. Is yeah. this a bit. This is all. This is for blind people, too, right? Like, this changes the world for blind people who I know there's plenty of very accessible um, apps. And, like, there's. Like, it's actually quite miraculous the amount that there is accessibility on iPads and and phones for people who can't see. But yeah, I did touch on that in the geek out because yeah, there say, are plenty yeah. of people who are vision impaired. They all they use smartphones, right? And they they mm-hmm. it's either high contrast or a zoomed enhanced uh, interface and this would be absolutely perfect for that because something that wasn't in the video but which would be a great idea and which the the company or one of the people behind the uh, in the research team thought would be a great idea is braille right um, like if, that, if are, we can get that, these bumps small enough yeah, then yeah we yeah. can have rotating uh, strips of braille that people can read with their fingers oh my god uh, my poor and mother the phone would be able to know when you get to the end of the line because it just detects your finger at the end of the line and yeah. then it just all the old bumps go in and new bumps come out and you just read another line i think it'd be brilliant yeah my poor mother who has late onset Parkinson, she cannot use the touch screen very well and she loves her iPad and mm. she's always been there but now it's just she can't touch it She and she still has a hard time using um, a, a pen too, you know how because the uh, iPad you can use a pen and stuff so yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if this is, would be a fix for her but she, yeah, she has a hard time, she can sc- kind of like push across the screen on the iPad but she can't but nothing like, super precise can't touch anything precisely because mm-hmm. it's it's a little more delicate than you'd think yeah you know we all kind of yeah, take it for definitely. granted that we can easily touch this and that but mm-hmm. she is you know she has Parkinson and it's hard for her to touch so this might be an option for her later down the line if that uh, yeah, um, becomes readily av- available all right coming soon <laughs> Well, first season six teaser for Black Mirror. This is the Netflix series uh, June, I think it's coming out. And first off, did y'all watch this trailer? No. Isn't this the show that like bankrupt Netflix pretty much? (laughs) I feel like it is. Did show bankrupt Netflix? No. No, I feel like it's one of the shows that just they put so much money into it and they just didn't have a lot of money after that. And I didn't know we were in six seasons now. 
Yeah, I, I think they really stopped. Like that. This is the show that um, they consciously stopped at the beginning of the pandemic because they're like, life is messed up. Yeah, you don't need is, another season. Life like. is already Black oh. Mirror, so yeah. yeah. I thought it was just really expensive show to make. I read that somewhere, and I was like, okay. And then Netflix had its money problems, so I kind of put two and two together there. But I guess there was another reason, the pandemic. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me, certainly. Um, so there were a number, uh, five, in fact, uh, instances of a stylized happy face that appeared in the trailer, which, of course, for me, a happy face guy, although this is a bit of a demented happy face, uh, was very intriguing. I, I, I went through the trailer and I screen capped the stills and I just sent them through Slack. But yeah, it's very interesting. Like there's a shot of a lady inside a car and the windshield wiper goes up and down. And in one of those up swipes, you see this happy face and then it goes away. Um, it's quite brilliant. It appears in a hotel sign reflected in a camera lens on a fancy watch and it's sprayed onto a, a mannequin's jacket. It's very, it's a very interesting tie-in. Uh, I'm, I, I'm very curious to know what the happy face will mean in this season of Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I'm excited to see if there's a lot of interest because Black Mirror, of course, a uh, lot of love for it for the points that it made about our new reality with you know being addicted to these phones, and and it was such a high quality and it was kind of this you know modern day Twilight Zone as well. It was neat, but I think because it's been gone for so long, and because you know it made its own good point that the pandemic kind of showed us like we don't need to be mired in this as well for entertainment. I wonder if people will go back to it because they're just so, you know, gluttons for that particular type of punishment. Or if at this point they're like, we know our phones are bad, but that's, that's what we have. We're not making any changes about this. You make all the little sci-fi points you want TV show. We like it. I wonder if they're going to expand out of sort of where they came from and bring it into more fantasy. I wonder if it's going to be like more and more fantasy, fantastical kind of thing with the grounding of technology. But I wonder if they might like expand a little bit more because we are, we've caught up. We're living in that dystopia very, very much. Uh, so <laughs> what more is there to explore the way that the earlier seasons explored it? Well, gosh, time will tell. Was it Kirsten or Brian? One of you guys watched this religiously, right? Not religiously. Yeah, like I'm pretty like, sure everybody's watched Black Mirror. Not me. Here. Not me. I'm like I'm, I'm a couple seasons behind, but I do I enjoy the heck out of it. I you know what I ended up doing is every time a new season would come out, I wouldn't watch it in order. <gasps> I would just pick uh. and choose episodes. Interesting. Yeah. And I think this the reason being is because of that very first episode with the the prime minister and the pig. Oh god, yeah. And I was oh, yeah. like Hmm, maybe I should have started with that. It's not a great They're going to open every to... season with something like that? I don't want to know. That's funny, <laughs> dude. So I just kind of went by like the title and like the, the the thumbnail image and be like, I think I can handle that episode. <laughs> that's and then cool. I went with it. That's cool. I guess that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Um, sorry, the, to just backtrack on the touch bumpy touchscreen thing. I think the thing that I was talking about, and I'll send you a link, bud, to put it in the show notes. Yeah, thank is you. this thing called Tactus Form, which is like it's actually it was a case for like iPads and iPhones that um, I think the the front part of that that case, like that protective case, 
fills with like a water or liquid substance to like give you tactile feedback on the the keyboard so that you can feel it you'll you'll be able to feel it like an actual keyboard oh wow but then yeah but and this thing was like i guess eight years ago pretty so please i'll send, send you a video through. of it i was That's like looking wild because i was like i swear i saw this i didn't just dream it mm. yeah no i mm. love that that's great thank you all right next up the hunger games uh what is it ballad of bed knobs and broomsticks uh sorry i'm just getting the, oh songbirds and snakes in theaters november 17th <laughs> I really uh, what first it's called. Big full trailer for this one did anyone read this one? Oh yeah, it's a book. I always nope. or that. drink it or drink it. Like <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, I saw something interesting about it today. Um, that was like the Hunger Games and like Katniss Everdeen is when you take a hunter and put them into a performance, right? Like the Hunger Games is kind of like a big for show thing. Like the children die, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but then the Songbirds and Snakes, which I think is a prequel. Um, they described mm. it. That's what happened when you put a performer in a hunting game. So I don't know. Oh. I haven't read it, but like reading that description, I was like, oh, okay. Like maybe I'd be curious to watch this. Okay. That's interesting. So no Katniss. No Katniss. No, I no. think, I think it's a prequel. I think it takes place like way, way, way before hmm. any of that stuff happens. Yeah, I believe so. I was a little late to the Hunger Games train, but I enjoyed it. I watched them. Yeah, um, I thought it was for like, yeah, yeah, you sixteen-year-old like girls, preteen, yeah, 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 teenage maybe girls, yeah. And then um, I remember our friend Caleb came to work screaming about how much he enjoyed it. So I was like, oh, mm-hmm. big, big, strong man likes. I can like too. <laughs> That's what it took. That's what it took. That's what it took. You know, sometimes it well takes done, a big, eight. strong man. Oh my God. <laughs> Next up, Transformers colon Rise of the Beasts. Another full trailer. This will be in theaters June 9th. And I mean, a bit of spoilies, I guess, uh, especially for the 1986 animated movie. Our antagonist is freaking Unicron. Unicron! Thank you, Paul. I am Unicron. <laughs> Not wrong. Orson Welles, <laughs> right? Wrong. Am I right about that? Orson, Orson Welles. Orson Welles? That's right. Yeah. I used to have this great joke where, you know, when guys would, like, name their dinguses, and I would oh, I would, say, <laughs> I would say, I like to say the mine, and I like to call it Unicron, because it's <laughs> the biggest one, it devours planets, and it's voiced by Orson Welles. <laughs> <laughs> wow, color me completely unsurprised. That's, uh, that's great. <laughs> Pretty cool, though, right? That he's in this stinking movie. But wow. why Why did you put Unicron in the Beast one? Why not do just a f- yes. straight-up live-action yes. remake of the original cartoon movie? Yes. Uh, right? Like, do that. Mm-hmm. Have the Weird Al Dare to be stupid. Have the Dinobots <laughs> in there. Have Optimus Prime die a second time. (laughs) Yes. Have him die in the first 10 minutes. Traumatize a new generation. Yes. Have a bunch of swears for... Do you remember that that cartoon movie had a bunch of swears in it? it? Yeah. You'd like go and see it with your parents and there's one part... Like early on in the movie, some guy is just like riding in a spaceship. He's like, shit! It's like so weird. <laughs> um, yeah, those were movie. only in the theatrical release, and I I don't know if they ever brought them back for any sort of home video. But yeah, there is a moment where Spike uh, and Bumblebee are in a ship that is getting sucked in by the Unicron tractor beam, um, and he says, "Shit, what are we gonna do now?" And like yeah. the whole theater, we're just like, <gasps> 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 
And then later on, uh, Robert Stack as Ultra Magnus is trying to open the matrix of leadership. Uh, and I believe he says, open, damn it. And we're all like, <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, we never saw those again. Those words. Oh, that's so funny. Anyhow, uh, Unicron Suite and uh, how neat, I guess, that it'll be in this trash movie. Uh, but you made a good point. <laughs> you made a good point about the little shield over uh, Optimus Prime's mouth. Ridiculous. But Always good. the shield. Yeah. Don't show me these stupid tiny robot lips. Get out. Those robot lips are so gross. <sighs> And I don't care if well, you do echolocate them or not. this movie is set in 1994, by the way. We know this because the Twin Towers are still standing. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Oh, you know it because of the, the numbers. The Twin Towers came before the numbers. But you... No. This no. is why I was confused in Slack. She's right. Because yeah, yeah. you were like, it's 1994, and then you put a picture of the two towers. And I was like, why would you know it's not 1994? And then you answered, and you were like, because the two towers. And I was like, this could literally be any year before September 2001. Yeah, that's right. Why do you know it's 1994? <laughs> and then you sent me the screenshot where it, it could said have been August 2001. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Brian. Jesus. Oh, dude. And then you finally sent the screenshot in big letters that said 1994. And I was like, okay, that's why. And then you responded again and you were like, yeah, because the twin towers. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Ah! Oh, God. I broke big letters, in. September 10th. Oh, God. No, don't. <laughs> oh, that's funny. 9 11 was a. Well, okay. Was a All right. Next up. In, in Optimus job. I don't know. Oh, my God. Oh, no. The Transformers did it. Transformers Stop. truthers. Stop. Steel beams don't melt. Steel posts. Oh, no. God. What are F8 Transformers made of? All of this out of here. Wow. Oh, my God. Um, Next up. Long enough. <laughs> uh, Scarlett Johansson's voicing one of those. Oh, is she? Yeah. Which one? I don't know. Yeah, and Thor as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hemsworth. Wow, is this the new <laughs> the new trick they're going to do? Is like, how about if we hire some movie stars to be the Transformers? What about that? We're going to get to that later. Those uh, That's actually for um, a an animated prequel movie called Transformers 1 that is uh, coming out later, later, later. Oh, I got that screwed up. Sorry. Ah. <laughs> Art screwed me up. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, stinking hard. <laughs> Are all these Transformers in the same movie? I'm just getting it all wrong today, <laughs> fellas. It's been that type of day. Well, how many Transformers <laughs> movies do we need on a single crew sheet? It's I mean, true. for crying out loud. Right. But if we want to know, we do have you know lots of the star. We got Ron Perlman, Peter Dinklage, Michelle Yeoh, um, Pete Davidson, um... And of course, uh, Peter Cullen is back as Optimus Prime. But yeah. Next up, a Walt Disney animated film. Kind of feeling like going back to the old traditional thingies, except of course it's, uh, you know, it's all computer animated now. It's called Wish. And this will be out on November 22nd. We don't know a lot about it, but somebody wants this girl's wish. Give it to me. Oh. And then her donkey i think starts talking or no i can't remember what kind of animal that is but mm. it's, it's cute and it's voiced by alan tudyk when it starts talking oh everyone likes the tudyk yeah next up sports a, a movie coming soon called next goal wins with uh, michael fassbender as a guy who is uh, sent off to uh, i think it's american samoa um to coach a hockey team or uh, sorry a uh, football team mm-hmm. uh, after he's fired from his job in America. 
Taika Waititi is... Yes. He's directing this movie? Uh, yes. That's crazy. Yeah. Is and, it? And cool. This plot sounds familiar. I think it's based on a true story. The sports movies is a disgraced coach. Yeah. <laughs> coming well, back. Well, yeah, fair enough, right? In a small right. town uh, or in a foreign country. Yeah. Does it not sound like Ted Lasso? I was going to say. I think she's American. Yeah. And then he goes to the UK. Honestly, that's kind of what football. I thought this was when I first saw the couple first couple seconds of it. Yeah, specifically mentioning Ted Lasso. There, I was going to yeah. say more Mighty Ducks, but sure. Okay. Ted Lasso. <laughs> what? Mighty Ducks is a different sport, Art. What do they do? Play all the sports at the well, same time? Well, I mean, time? the beats, the beats. No, the but beats. it is like, <laughs> it's, the beats. it's sort of a stereotypical sports story, yeah. though, like disgraced coach. Yeah goes to coach people that he would never usually coach, either uh, in a small country, oh, so it's either like, in elementary school, either like a district, like, yeah, underdog kind of team. So it's not like the Mighty Ducks. It's like Dangerous Minds. No. Oh, my God. What? what? <laughs> oh, wait. I'm getting I'm ba- barely making this connection, but I think I get it. I love sports movies. I love sports movies. But do you remember back when there was – uh, the Gridiron Gang and um, well, Coach Carter—they're the same fucking movie. Oh, really? They're just different sports. Mm-hmm. Same oh. movie, exactly oh. the same movie. And one starred, uh, you know, um, The Rock, and the other one was uh, Samuel Jackson. I oh, think. yeah. And they were exactly the same movie, same beats, everything. Both enjoyable. One was sport, or one was uh, <laughs> football. One was uh, one was basketball. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, I, I feel like they're they're running out of ideas for sports movies, but this is uh, this is a real story, a true story. So, yeah, that's what I thought. It sure looks yeah. like that. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and Fastbender's great. Uh, Elizabeth you like, Moss is nope. Sorry, but you like sports movies though. I like you, I like some of them. Like I see you like in sports, and sports movies. Like you got to do something pretty interesting for me to give a rip about a sports movie. I mean, like Ted Lasso is doing all this. All different kind of things to make it interesting. Yeah, you it's, know, it's not about soccer though. No, well, yeah, really? no, exactly, not yeah. really. But like, once you've seen Hoosiers, you've pretty much seen them all. <laughs> uh, I think most of the great ideas for sports movies have already been done. That's why anything new that's come up has to be like based on a true story or yeah. something like that. Interesting. So, yeah. uh, okay. Moneyball, interesting. Waterboy, interesting. Uh, Friday Night Lights. It was fine, but it was based on a true story. Uh, any given Sunday. Great movie. Uh, the Holy Blind smokes. Side. Look at you popping off all these <laughs> yeah, sports this movies. is amazing. <laughs> Who yeah. are you? Yeah, I know. Um, all the internet sports movie database. Wow. Well, listen, I was most <laughs> impressed that I remembered Hoosiers, and that was the first one. And that's maybe the best. <laughs> yeah. Rudy! Don't forget Rudy! Don't forget Rudy. It was, so Elizabeth Moss is also in this. Uh, Taika Waititi, of course, does star in it, as he often does. Uh, Will Arnett and Reese Darby from Flight of the Concords is in this. Don't be impressed. He's reading those. He didn't remember them off by heart. I remembered the things I remembered. <laughs> You did. Well, wow, who's the coach? Dude. Who's the coach in Hoosiers? <laughs> oh, yes. Who's the coach in Hoosiers? Oh, we should move along. I'm busy. Gene Hackman. No, you don't have. You don't uh, remember it off the top of your head, Paul. Huh? Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> next up, in a pair of art. None other than. Can you guys Lex hear Art whispering me that? Oh, was dude. he? Yes, he was whispering that into the microphone. You're gonna whisper to him. Bless whisper away from the microphone. Oh, bless you. Thank you. Bro. All right, all right. Moving on. 
Another uh, art brought brought to us trailer, Love and Death. This will be a series on Max. No, I was going to review this one there, bud. The first three episodes have already dropped. But, uh, you watch it? Oh, great. Oh, perfect then. Yeah, I well, don't know if we can wait to the end for that. If you Watch want, the or... trailer in coming soon, and then we'll talk about it, uh, even though Art didn't put it in the uh, Slack, uh, at the end of the podcast. Um, <laughs> next up, there's this went weirdly viral, a fake Wes Anderson film called The Galactic Menagerie, A Star Wars Story. And it's just like, Wes Anderson stuff is just... <laughs> unstoppable this year but this one is pretty good it's a an an ai generated trailer of what star wars would be like if it was reimagined as a wes anderson film (laughs) and honestly pretty great um yeah there have just been so many of these in various scales uh but i i quite enjoyed this one so we link to this one in uh in the show notes an ai made this this looks too good for an ai well, like they didn't put Scarlett Johansson in the uh, in the cinnamon buns. Yeah, yeah, these are all AI. Yeah, but the other stuff, like all of the shots, like this looks too good for an AI. Like this is like maybe an AI spit it out and someone polished it. Like I don't. Know. Or there maybe are... I'm agreeing with all those Apple people that are like the AIs are going too far. We need to shut them down before they're <laughs> making Wes Anderson films. <laughs> Much like audio artifacts, there are little signs that I could spot throughout the trailer um, that uh, were very glaring to me that they were AI. Uh, I I think probably the best example is on that staring shot of Scarlett Johansson. Watch the rest of her head when she blinks. And this is the thing. To make it look realistic, they have these straight-on facing shots of everybody, and they blink. But when they blink, usually the rest of their head pulses, and it's, uh, it's very disturbing. And finally, Little Mermaid released a series of posters, and, you know, the humans look like humans, but then the animals look like this render of flounder. Um, Oh, boy. It's... Who looked at this and said yes? Who looked at this and was like... Yes, this is so lovable. (laughs) Just like the character of Flounder in the original Little Mermaid, this one is going to sell cuddly toys to children. There's a great uh, fake back and forth on Twitter, and it's like, Disney CEO, live action Little Mermaid, animator, (laughs) yup, CEO, it's in the ocean, animator, got it, CEO, coral reefs, animator, understood, CEO, lots of fish, animator, nose suddenly bleeding, I don't, what is fish? And then that's when we get a picture of flounder because somehow they don't understand what a fish looks like. Yeah, fine. No, it looks like a fish. That's the problem. It looks like a fish. It's right. too accurate. I don't yes. need. I don't need an accurate-looking fish for this movie. Like, make it look like. Why can't it be? Why can't it be live action but fun? Why does it have to be live action but terror? Yeah, like, right. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Like but because super the Lion King. Valley. The Lion King, like I guess, like lions are kind of fluffy. Whatever. Yeah. Did their mouths move in the Lion King? I don't remember now. Yeah, they did. Yeah, but did- like we don't need that. Like just make it live action, but make the animals cute or sent up still. Oh my god! The only good thing that came out of these posters is we've been watching The Little Mermaid a lot because indie. <laughs> and um, Johnny turned to me the other day, and he was like, 
oh yeah sebastian the lobster and i said excuse me and he said the, the lobster i'm like sebastian is a crab not yeah. a lobster and he was like no that's totally a lobster and i showed him like all the cartoon photos and he was like no like maybe it's like a tailless lobster like a langoustine i was like sebastian is a crab there is a line about him being a crab and then John yeah. still didn't believe me. So I pulled up the live action poster and I was like, this is a crab. <laughs> and because it looks so accurate, he believed me that Sebastian was a crab. So, yay. I love that that's what it took. That's hilarious. Yeah, I agree. It's, I, it's, it's funny because like I if I'm looking at these posters, then I would swear that uh, King Triton was played by Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> that does not look like Javier Bardem. No, really? No, it does look like Nicolas Cage. Oh, weird. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And also, like, uh, all this, like, controversy over... Uh, is it H- Haley Bailey or Hallie Bailey? What's Hallie name Bailey. Hallie Bailey. Yeah. But then I saw Prince Eric, and I was like, that is not my Prince Eric. That dude is... No. And he's too old. Anyway. He's, yeah, he's a little old for... Yeah. He's it's too true. old. I can't believe this is coming to theaters, coming only to theaters. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. This is their anyway. push. I know. I know. This is going to suck. I don't know <laughs> if it's going to suck, but like, I mean, yeah, probably all signs point to suck for sure. But this flounder, they really got to sort out. Holy oh my smokes. God. Do they ever. Is that thing a nightmare? You can't even just fix the teeth of the eyes. I don't no. know what you fix about it. I don't know oh, either. No. Like, yeah, because. Skin is so wrinkly and. It just like, it just <laughs> exposes the huge problem of these live action remakes. For sure. Yeah. Lion King, you can get away with it because mm. kitty cats are cute. Yes. Even if it's like a photorealistic lion. Lion. You like looking at a lion, you kind of want to pet a lion. But the reason why they were able to make Little Mermaid work is because they never thought about what a real fish looked like. They're, you know, they were like, yeah, yeah, let's make her, fe- her, her friend is a fish. Get it? She's a mermaid. Obviously, her friend would be a fish. Okay, great. Make a cute fish. You can, it can be as cartoony as you need it to be because fish, if you ever looked at one, they're hideous. Uh, okay, <laughs> now... 30 years later, we're going to remake this goddamn thing, and the the fish has to look like a real fish, and we're staring, it, like, get the thing, get the whacker, right, bud? I mean, aren't, <laughs> get the fish bonker. Yeah, get the fish bonker. You know, that's what I want to do when I see yeah. this flounder thing, because that's <laughs> what you do that. with fish. You kill them and you eat them, and that's it. You don't be friends with them. Le poisson, le poisson. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Geek news proper. Wait, wait a minute. I was just That's really... the song where he goes, What a sweet little succulent crab. Yes. That's the song where he says crab. Yeah, yeah. that argument Johnny should have been believe. over at that point, yeah, Kirsten. Yeah. True. No, you needed to see the live action photo. Oh, God. I'll get you a subscription to Wikipedia next time. How about that? Yeah. Also, I'm we were driving. Sure lobsters don't speak with Jamaican accents. Oh, <laughs> geek news proper. Uh, we, we have 13 hang on, items. Bud, hang on, a- hang on. Get oh, a clean God. take of it. I hate editing the beds and everything, and everyone's talking all over it. Nice, clean. What's coming up next? 13 items in geek news proper. Thank you so much. God bless it. We've lost Jerry Springer. Why is everybody talking? (laughs) Jerry Springer is dead at the age of 79. He died in his home. Uh, Pancreatic cancer, it seems, uh, is what took him from us. Interesting legacy he leaves. Yeah, I mean, I've been really enjoying... uh, It's too bad that uh, it takes a death to to make you remember these things. Can't we have birthday memories? (laughs) 
Mm. I think we're doing that with Betty White, honestly. I think every time true, Betty right? White made it another year, mm-hmm. everybody was just like, remember these great Betty White moments, you know? Yeah, that's... That was an example we should continue to follow. Yeah, that's true. But, like, and I guess if he was 70... I mean, I was thinking, like, you could do it on milestone birthdays. So it would have been nine years ago. Though. Anyways, whatever. Uh, yeah, it's it's been really neat to, like, relive what his legacy is to daytime television for sure but that he was the mayor of Cincinnati is kind of interesting right um, yeah he was he he had i read also that he he would go on tv before he was like this you know ringmaster of this crazy circus uh he would he used to go on tv and like give political commentary mm. and i don't know i listened to a few of them i think he was not a few of them i heard some clips he seemed like a pretty intelligent guy. And you know what I was always so wild about that show? Like, it was always the most insane, most exploitative, most violent, craziest. Like, where do you find these people? It like, was the wrestling of daytime TV. Oh, well mm-hmm. said. It That's was what it was. Incre- yeah. yeah. And then at the end, he'd sit down for his final thought. Always very cogent, very compassionate. (laughs) Yeah, it was was such a... Such a contrast. Such a wild contrast. Yeah, so um, he'll be missed. My favorite was when... um, Because I think we were all in the control room and you were doing shout-outs and somebody gave a shout-out to Jerry Springer and said... You are not the father. (laughs) (laughs) That's Maury. (laughs) That's Maury. (laughs) I uh, really enjoyed getting to watch again Weird Al's take on um, the Jerry Springer type of character. Oh, yeah. Ooh, Weird Al's Jerry Springer song is sent to One Week by Bare Naked Ladies. Of course you know that. Beautiful, brilliant. Love it, love it. And also a Canadian icon, a Canadian legend, a Canadian staple, Gordon Lightfoot is dead at the age of 84. Uh, interestingly, You couldn't trending. decide either. Hmm? Yeah, I said you couldn't decide on no, the ending either. No, I, I like brought Twitter. this up intentionally because yet last night oh, on Twitter, rip to a Canadian was trending in Canada. Oh. And it's because everybody was saying their own thing. Rip to a Canadian, and then they would probably pick a word like legend or icon or a staple, but not enough people could agree on that last word to get it trending. So just oh, rip to a Canadian was trending on Twitter last night. And it was it wasn't funny, but it was a little funny. Well uh, so I was saying this too that um like thirteen years ago and Twitter was just new-ish, I guess. It was just a baby. Yeah. Then Gordon Lightfoot was like one of the OG death hoaxes. Oh, my God. Every couple of years it would happen. Yeah, why? Yeah. Mm. And then so somebody tweeted that Gordon Lightfoot died. People got a hold of that, retweeted it, and some pub- some news publications got a hold of that. And without checking any sort of facts, they just went with it and started eulogizing him and writing articles about him. And then his publicist had to be had to say, he's not dead. He's here. He's fine. He's alive and well. <laughs> um, and that was one of the first instances where you, you have to kind of like sort of put your foot down and be like, no, Twitter is not a news source. Yeah. You still have to do your due diligence. That's yeah. why you still have to trust like certain news sources that, that go and find you know, their their double confirmation source. Yeah, they won't stuff, say a right? thing until they know. Yeah. So it, that's, and that's, because that's kind of what had happened to me yesterday when I saw it. Uh, I saw a thing saying Gordon Lightfoot had died. And you're like, I aha, Twitter. On my last break before I wrapped it up for the night for my evening show. 
And I was like, I'm not going to say anything just yet because I'm going to, nope. I don't have, mm. you know, a couple more minutes to do uh, a few yep. more Google searches. Yeah. And if so it turned out to off. be wrong, you don't have another break to uh, well, exactly, correct yeah. it. Yeah. So I, I held <laughs> off until like, yeah. Not so. wise. I love Gordon Lightfoot so much. I think he yeah. rules so hard. I, I, listen, I always listen to the wreck of the Emin Fitzgerald just for fun. Yeah. Um, it's such a good song. Sundown is great. I mean, there's more. There's more. There's a long list. I can. It's weird right now that I can't name as many Gordon Lightfoot songs as I could sports movies. That's very <laughs> off brand for me, but I don't know. I must be just in my grief about it. But um, he really is great. Uh, I, I've I've told this story on the radio today, but it's true that like my parents grew up in the town. Uh, 15 miles out from where the Edmund Fitzgerald actually sunk. So, like, yeah, that's exactly, yeah, they had a picture, like, it was an artist recreation of the of the Edmund Fitzgerald with the wave going over top of it because that's how it oh, how it happened right this wave incredible. went over it was one of those big long sailing ships and a wave like went over the top and just just cut it right in half it was wild Jeez. uh in this crazy storm and um but that's what Gordon Lightfoot did he like told these really unique Canadian stories I mean like I don't know. It's just a it's a shipwreck of a shipping ship, right? I mean, it's sad and everything. It's a new story that a a ship carrying iron ore through the Great Lakes, you know, got caught in a really bad storm and um, sank, not f- super far offshore. Uh, interesting. Okay. Now it takes a really special kind of guy to be like, I'm going to write the most heart wrenching, beautiful folk Seven song. Seven minute. Yeah, yeah. About that, you know, that makes you cry and feel the tragedy all over again every single time you hear it. Yeah. Uh, and tell these stories that really connect to um, our country very specifically in a really very cool way. I mean, like, you you, you see the um, the influence of Gordon Lightfoot, you know, thread through a lot of Canadian bands, including the Tragically Hip and maybe even now down – you know, in the modern band, uh, the Arkells, I think, are kind of in a similar way. And that can be traced back to Gordon Lightfoot. It's it's interesting, and it's it's not hard to see why the uh, tribute's pouring out for this guy, um, you know, who was popular so long ago. And in a, in a type of music that is is so, so niche these days, like, I don't know, you don't, you don't walk into a lot of grocery stores or hairdressers and they're blasting out <laughs> Gordon Lightfoot music. But But his covers, though, all the time. All the time, the covers. That's true. Yeah. And guess what? Put it on at a house party and people will thank you. Hmm. Do we still have a bunch of those Gordon Lightfoot vinyl records that someone traded us a bunch of years ago? Are those still here at the radio station? Because if they are, Papa gonna steal. They, Thanks, yeah, Paul. they used That's to be great. in zone control when we had that CD rack. I remember them sitting on top of oh, that yeah. CD rack. That's right. I wonder if they're still around yeah. here somewhere. Check the job. I just know. I like yeah. all those cover, all the people that did all the cover songs. Like I feel like he, like like you're saying, like whatever poet songwriter, good whatever. But I feel like his songs were more, they made more famous by other people. But so many of them, mm-hmm. so many of them, um, like I feel like the Gordon Lightfoot original versions, most people would know the cover versions, mm. except for the weird shipwreck one you were just talking about. Yeah, Brian. Don't yeah. even don't we even have a version of Sundown in the in or at least we did in the yeah in the we rotation? have Elwood yeah 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 um, his Elwood version Sundown. it's like kind of a rap version and he does the chorus Sundown 
Uh, the one that I keep singing is the, the stupid stars on 54. I don't know why, but it's just like, if you could read my mind. Oh, that is such like, a good one. Do you remember one. that? Yes. What a tip to suck it. And I thought for the longest time yesterday, because it's been stuck in my head for 24 hours, I thought it was Cher that did the oh, cover. Funny. But no, it was that stupid, weird stars on 54 movie. Like, That's wild. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, Thorn Lightfoot. Third death thing, Carrie Fisher will be honored with a posthumous star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame uh, on, on Star Wars Day, which is two days away as we record this, probably tomorrow as you listen. And you can actually go to, uh, I believe it's walkoffame.com, and, uh, and watch the, uh, the event be streamed there. It will be uh, conveniently 11.30 a.m. Pacific time, but uh, that's when it's going to happen, and we link to that in the show notes. Yeah, really you see, it's like a, a star away from Mark Hamill's and across the street from her mom's star. Oh, oh I didn't know really? that. That's so sweet. Yeah, which is very fun. Like, I wonder, do they just remove someone else's star and they're like, we don't know who you are anymore? Like, yeah, that's but, a good question. Surely What's there was somebody else. Yeah, surely there was someone else, like a star beside Mark Hamill before. Like, would, it, yeah. would they just move it? That's probably it. They probably move it. But there are also probably like star fans who know every or at least their favorites. And when that one gets moved, they're writing a sternly worded email. Yeah, I'm just looking it up right now. It's Gordon Lightfoot. Uh oh. (laughs) Just kidding. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) In related Star Wars. Bad timing, though, right? Can you imagine? (laughs) Mark Hamill. Dropped by the motion capture set of Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which we will touch on in reviews and recommendations, uh, to coach uh, Cameron Monaghan on basically on how to be a Jedi. Oh, um, pretty, pretty cool thing to have happen. Of all the people to train you on that, <laughs> yeah, I'll say that's for a commercial go for Jedi Survivor. Yeah, yeah, it's like a funny, it's like a, a funny, funny take video. on it. Yeah, yeah. The Super Mario Brothers movie did it. One billion United States dollars. Wow. Do I get a caboose for saying that it would take another week? You said any minute now is what you said. All right, caboose it up. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I said if it doesn't happen next week, it won't happen, so I get half a caboose. Uh, I don't think so, bud. We're not not dealing with half cabooses here. (laughs) That's dangerous for all involved on the rail lines. Now, I would, I would allow it, but, but I don't <laughs> have that Thank power. Yeah, but he no, works you. in the government now, so he doesn't know how to work any of this. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Um, so, oh, good for that. Good for it. I'm so glad that this movie is so great. Did you go and see it in the theater again, bud? Did it get? Haven't yet. Do intend to. Yeah. Now that it's past this milestone, look, I've got a, probably an extra bonus week or so, but I'll get there. Yeah, and there you go. This could be one of those ones that just stays in the theater throughout the whole summer. Like, remember, like last year, it was Top Gun, right? Mm-hmm. Just, just yeah. in the, the movie theaters for a year straight. Like, it was back in 1972 when the movies didn't come out that often. So, things just oh would God. stay in theaters forever and ever and ever. Saving cinema. Come on. Top Gun and Mario Brothers. Yep. Saving cinema. <laughs> Tell you where I'm not going to go see the Super, the Super Mario Brothers movie is on Twitter and the account films that go hard, or vids that go hard uh, because they uploaded the entire freaking movie and 9 million people watched it before Twitter finally took it down. Oh, I was going to say, is it still up there? I'm going to go watch that right now. That's where I want to watch it. And this is famously after Elon Musk said he didn't need anybody looking over Twitter, right? He didn't even need <laughs> staff. So I'm just saying there, Elon. Oh, my God. Twitter. So back to a story that uh, Art hinted at 
if it was incorrectly. Transformers 1 will be an animated prequel movie. Chris Hemsworth, Scarlett Johansson, Keegan-Michael Key, John Hamm, Lawrence Fishburne, and Brian Tyree Henry are confirmed as cast. It'll be directed by Josh Cooley, who directed uh, Toy Story 4. One of the many executive producers uh, is Steven Spielberg. Michael Bay is also a part producer. And uh, this will be apparently coming out July 19th, 2024. You're getting peppered over here. Uh, well, I was going to say, <laughs> like you said, how many Transformer movies do we need? This one actually <laughs> looks yeah. better, though, based on the cast. Yeah, I think so. Cast alone, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Steven Spielberg, why is he involved in this? That I'm into it. Wild, actually. I'm into it if he's into it. Senior Sapel Bergo? I don't know. Lawrence Fishburne. It's kind of past his ET era here. No, oh, dude, he's stuck. You take that back. <laughs> Legendary director. Yeah. yeah. We keep getting more news about this Gladiator sequel at Paramount. Uh, so we've got Connie Nielsen returning as Lucilla. While Joseph Quinn from Stranger Things will be Emperor Caracalla. Mm. And then the rumors and hearsay is that uh, Pedro Pascal will end up in a role. Oh, I thought, wasn't he going to be the gladiator? Isn't that the rumor? Is it? I thought that that's what it was when I saw it. I thought it said he was rumored to be the gladiator, but maybe I just skipped over... <laughs> Lucius is being like, played by someone named Paul Mescal. Mm. I think he's playing the Gladalorian. Okay. <laughs> this thing's picking up steam, though, guys. This thing's picking up steam. It really is. It's crazy. Oh, did you hear that? <laughs> what? Speed round. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> James Gunn is not thrilled with Star-Lord's war role in the Avengers movies. It's actually a really engaging article on The Hollywood Reporter, and I read the whole thing, yeah. and it is quite involved. There is a lot that went on that I was not aware of. What does this look for? Yes. Yeah, well, yes. he was there. He helped them yeah. write it. If you're not happy, then why don't you keep it to yourself? That's your own problem. You did it. Next. Cry me a river, James. Wow. Uh, Kevin Smith, go read the Hollywood it's, it's really We link to it. Kevin Smith opens up about trauma after spending a month in a mental health facility. A 36-minute video that he released. That is, it, it, he just And he just goes into everything and i have just read quotes from it i have not actually watched the video uh have you kirsten no i didn't watch it um but it was really good like i think it was it was for people or something like he didn't just put it out like he he contacted people or whatever publication it was and was like listen i'm such a public person i live my life you know very honestly and so i want to come out and be honest about these mental health struggles i've had and what i've done about it um and maybe it will help someone yeah. Oh, glad he's gotten the help that he needs. That's really great. And so good to be open up and uh, set a great example for everyone else. Next! No, but also it's not in here, but his dog died too, which is very sad. Oh my God. It was an incredibly sad post to read. Oh my God. Very sad. Yes. Next. No, 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 no. You can't talk about Gordon Lightfoot for like 15 minutes. And also, what did you talk about in the thing? We're in speed round. We're in the speed round. No. <laughs> Anyway, his dog's name was Shecky, and it was a very good dog, and it's sad. It was a very good dog. It was sad. Next. <laughs> and my my comment on his Instagram got more likes oh. than um, uh, who's the guy that uh, plays Polka Dot Man? Oh, David ba- uh, Desmalchian. David 
Yeah, I got more likes than him. What was your, what did your com- comment say? What did it say? No, no, you can go read it. Go read it on Kevin Smith's Instagram. It's the one that has more likes than Dell's Mashian. I can tell you more. what her comment was. Her comment was, next, Rob Zombie <laughs> Presents is the name of uh, a set of records. Rob Zombie has teamed up with Waxwork Records to release classic horror movie soundtracks, starting with White Zombie from 1932. I mean, if I want anybody curating my horror movie soundtracks, it's probably Rob Zombie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Next. The Klingon Pop Warrior is indeed a thing. Uh, this lady sings pop songs in Klingon from Love is a Battlefield to Don't Stop Believing." I Love Rock and Roll. Probably my favorite was the Oh My Oh My Ma part from Bad Romance that she did in oh, yeah. Klingon. That was, oh yeah, it was mind boggling. We are on to reviews and recommendations, starting with Brian's 91-second movie review of Peter Pan and Wendy. No. And now. A zone at 91.3, 91-second oh, movie really review. Get out of Five, here. four, three, two, and... Action! Disney doesn't have the greatest streak when it comes to taking their animated classics and turning them into live-action films. Their latest attempt was a straight-to-streaming live-action remake of Peter Pan, and while they still have yet to create a live-action film worthy of being called a masterpiece, this particular remake had the advantage of not just being compared to its animated predecessor, but also to a handful of Peter Pan adaptations by other mm, studios. Yeah. Despite what could be considered as Disney's live-action losing streak, Peter Pan and Wendy was decent enough. Huh. This could be partially due to their 1953 animated film not quite standing the test of time as evident by the Disney Plus disclaimer at the beginning of the film and the possible reactions of shock and cringe to a few scenes by modern viewing audiences. But what I do like about this 2023 remake is the expansion of character stories. There's a little more insight into the history between Peter and Captain Hook and Wendy takes on a bit more of a central heroic role in this film. I'd say overall this movie had a number of great moments. The only problem is that they were scattered sporadically amongst a lot of rather dry, shallow, and forgettable ones. Mm. I can't say that I was blown away by Alexander Maloney's portrayal of Peter Pan as I was by Ever Anderson's Wendy. And while Jude Laws and any other actor's portrayal of Captain Hook will for me always remain in the shadow of Dustin Hoffman, Mm -hmm. it was also a solid performance. Director David Lowry manages to harness some of his own magic in his rendition of Peter Pan, but while it certainly is one of the better attempts at a live-action Disney remake, I'd be lying if I said that Peter Pan and Wendy is a film that soars above expectations. Cut! That's a wrap! Oh, he did it! You can get all of Brian's 91-second movie reviews at thezone.fm slash movies, and they are all very cleverly written like that. I'm surprised, Brian. Your review sounded mostly positive, and I've just heard, like, bad, bad things about it all weekend. Oh, really? Like, what kind of stuff? It's interesting. I think it got review-bombed. Because if you do look at, oh. like, say, like, take a look at Rotten Tomatoes, see what people, obviously read what people, the, the critics are saying. But then if you even look at the Rotten Tomatoes score, you see, like, 60-something percent, which is like a passable score. It had the freshness tomato on it. And then you look at the um, audience yeah. Yeah. reviews, and it's, like, 23%. Oh, that's not uh, a review bomb. And then when I watched it, and I'm like, it's not that bad. It's not like... You know, it, it's there. So I could see what and, and it's funny because like reading the critics reviews after writing my own thoughts about it, I was like, yeah, I, I can see. I think like a lot of us kind of agree in that, like there are really good portions to it. I did like a lot of the updates in this story, but then you're bored a lot. Oh, oh. 
you know like they're they're oh. the, the first it it takes a while the first maybe half hour kind of takes a while to be like okay let's let's get her going here yeah right. um but i liked what they did with wendy i like how they turned her into a little bit more of a centralized character mm, i liked her relationship with like characters like tinkerbell and tiger lily a lot better than you know if you watch the uh the 1953 version it's a little bit more cringeworthy it's all right? just like the three girls and they're fighting over peter pan and, yeah and they're all jealous yeah. of each other right, right? and yeah, yeah. um so there's a lot more insight there and then yeah there's a lot i like we see a silhouette of indy Ma. hi indy yeah, do you have no lights in that room, Kirsten? Kirsten, like, once is again, it? is broadcasting from the... Uh, um, uh, Bye-bye. Witness the Shadow Realm. realm. The Shadow Realm, the Witness Protection <laughs> Program, the... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, like some kind of a government interrogation room. <laughs> sorry. Do we saw Shadow Indy. It's a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, Brian, um, go on. But yeah, the, and then they also had some further insight into it, like, because like, you never really hear of the relationship between Peter Pan and Captain Hook, kind of how they became like arch enemies, right? You even see like, I I did like a Google search and I started reading up on the actual like hi- like written history of Peter Pan as a like as a play and stuff. And um, you, yeah, you don't really get a whole heck of a lot of insight into why these two people are dueling. Why did Peter Pan cut James Hook's? Handoff. Yeah, they were just fighting. It was all just a fight. They were just fighting. Then that was that was as much backstory as you ever got. Peter Pan cut his hook off or his hand off. Now hate forever, and then the crocodile. But I like this added some story to it, which I thought was really good. And it and then that also then gave Jude Law an extra layer to act with. Something to do, which is why I thought Jude Law did a great job with it. So that's cool. So maybe I'll. Watch it then, because this weekend it came up on my Disney, and I was like, ah, "I'm avoiding you." Everyone says you're bad, mm. but I don't know now. And also seeing it's only an hour and forty seven minutes, like I'm, it sucks that the pacing is all off. But at least it's like Disney hasn't gone like full hog. Like this is now a two hour and fifteen minute movie. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. I know. You're not going to watch it this weekend. You'll be playing video games. Tell us about Star Wars oh, Jedi yeah. Survivor, please, Chris. <laughs> Yes. Um, so I broke down and I got a PS4 this weekend, or PS5, PS5. this weekend, hey. <laughs> finally. Um, just because so many people were asking me, oh my god, bud, first of all, every time I play this game, I can't fucking stop now. Every time I play it and read the title screen, I read it Jedi colon Survivor. And it's I'm sorry, so annoying. oh no. <laughs> I can't call it I'm Jedi sorry. Survivor or just Survivor. It's Jedi colon Survivor. It is. Star um, Wars Jedi anyway. colon Survivor. <laughs> So, so many people had asked me if I'd started playing it, and I was like, I have PS5, quit asking me. Because it's you can only PS5, Xbox One, and PC. Yeah. Um, anyway, the prices of PlayStations have come down a lot. Mm. Um, I was happy to hear this. And they are readily available now. Happy to hear and, that. And um, even after when we talked about this, God, like three or four years ago when they announced it, I ended up getting the digital edition which I said I wasn't going to do because I like reselling my games. But anyway, I got the digital edition. I got Yay. it. I got Jedi colon Survivor. Um, so I'm only about an hour and a half into it. So not very long so far. Um, but uh, it seems like it's going to have another great story in it. All of the early reviews are talking about how it's the best Star Wars game ever. Wow. Right? Which is wow. 
you know, and, you know, people talking to me, just the same thing that kind of Paul always says is like, this is the Star Wars story I want. A Star Wars story that's in the universe, but with new characters and blah, blah, blah. Like, that's this, right? Dang. Um, so uh, the first Jedi, um, whatever it's called, Jedi n- number one, colon one, uh, <laughs> was really good. I love the story. It had a lot of issues in it in the early release and and um, gameplay bugs, but I still really liked it. Um, this one so far, I haven't really noticed anything too buggy about it, which, Brian, you asked me about, should you get it for the PC? Mm-hmm. I have heard that the PC release is quite buggy, so maybe wait Ooh. a month for some patches? Yeah, um, good to know. Because I have heard from PC gamers, I'm not exactly sure what the bugs are, but I've heard from PC gamers that maybe the experience is a little less than ideal. But okay. good to know. on my PS5, it's the PS5 is so fast. There's like no load time. You just write into the game, which is wild. Um, and there's like really cool customization options right off the top. Um, so yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Not very far into it. Um, but there's always just like little little Star Wars nuggets that they leave in there for you. Like this is not a spoiler for the game because it's where it starts and it's what the title loading screen is. But you find out that like the Emperor and has taken over the Jedi Temple. And I don't know if we ever knew that. So like after Order 66 happens and um, everybody gets driven away, the Emperor takes the Jedi Temple for his like own house. Interesting. Hmm. Oh. Yeah, so it's interesting to see what it looks like. Like, I don't know if that's, maybe it's something we knew about, but it's just interesting to see, like, from the outside, knowing, wait a minute, that's the Jedi Temple. <laughs> What's mm. all this shit all over it? So, mm. yeah. yeah. How profane. <laughs> How sacrilegious. Yes, exactly. I Back will give a PC full... Bug. Back yeah, to the PC sorry. bugs, I'm reading uh, that it may have been an update, a post-launch update, but we're talking a n- multiple people with like i9 processors and RTX 4090, like these are the top end of the, you know, CPUs and graphics cards out there. The, the top comment is, I am one with the crash and the crash is with me. I am one with the crash, <laughs> you know, so it's uh-huh. it's that kind of thing. So apparently it's just, it's uh, definitely worth the wait. I would give it at least two weeks, maybe a month, as Kirsten yeah. says. Yeah. yeah. Did you play the first one, Brian? No. But that's that Fallen thing, Order? Right? And, and like, I... Um... I played a few games and is wait wait it, so then question is this going to be like Paul going into John Wick four? Mm. <laughs> yes, yeah. Play. Paul is it really? Oh, story wise. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Because I just saw the ads for it, and then obviously I got this cool new, much faster computer that I can accommodate games. You know, well, with. then Fallen Order is going to run like a dream, and it's only fifty five yeah. bucks, <laughs> and then I don't have to wait and- for yeah. Perfect. You can play that. It might take you, I mean, it shouldn't take you a month. Depends on how much you love your kids. And <laughs> then you'll be perfect time to play Jedi Colon Survivor. Amazing. Yeah, ne- what a year. plan. <laughs> all right. Paul and Art, please tell us about Scream Vi. And Kirsten. We all went to Kirsten's house to watch it. Paul and Art and Kirsten, please tell us house. about Scream Vi. Uh, yeah, it's fun and good, right? We all like it. I had fun. Uh, I didn't find it very scary, but <laughs> I was laughing, I thought, through a lot of the parts that were supposed to be scary. So yeah. for me, I thought that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Paul and Art, did you watch 
scream and scream if? No. No. <laughs> did you watch scream I and I I and I I I? I, uh, yeah, I, I, I did. Yeah, I, 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 I feel like there was enough, um, explanation throughout the movie that you were like, oh, they're probably referring to something that happened, uh, in if, or we don't need this exposition. Know. Who cares? Mm, yeah, yeah. All <laughs> this has very frequently over the last couple of weeks somehow joined me in watching movies that are like four <laughs> or five or six in that he's you just missed him. the you last three. Him. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they, uh, they got they got knife proof suits in this. <laughs> <laughs> it did feel like that a few of the times. Uh, yeah, but I but but I didn't really need it. I, well, no, maybe in this one I would say you should watch at least because the two sisters are the main protagonists, right? You got uh, they're good. They're good. They're great. Yeah, yeah, I liked it a lot. Uh, Jenna Ortega is the younger sister, and then her older sister. So I guess they were the protagonists in the last one. Is that right, Kirsten? Yes. And they were lovely. They were great. And I probably should have watched that one as well to kind of be more well, better introduced to them. And I think that this one's ending and twist and all that kind of makes a lot more sense when it's tied in. This was foreseeable, Mm -hmm. though, I thought. Like, it didn't really keep me guessing for that long. Oh, really? Yeah. Um... You should have you should have heard Paul after the movie. He was just trying to dissect it like it was, you know, the the greatest detective story ever. And I was like, we just watched a stupid slasher movie. Who cares? No. Well, because because I think the first one I watched was the first or the or the last one I watched was probably Scream One or Two, and those were pretty clever. Like the, they were, yes. You know, it was a pretty interesting twist. Of who was the killer? I don't remember any of it now, but. Right, and so in this one, I, I kind of was waiting for a similar thing, and it was a lot hokier, schlockier, but they... It was they, hokey, thank you, that's did, what it was. They did every single thing they needed to so that you could have the big set piece the way that it was, which was just a big yep. tribute to the movies that had come before it, and and as fine, I guess, as that was... I did end up with the feeling that this was a movie that was just sitting a squatting and smelling its own butt for two hours. <laughs> right, Carson? Am I right about that? Like, the whole thing is like, is this a movie? Is this an interesting slasher movie? Or is this just like going to a previous movie in, in the franchise installment museum? That's all it was. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it's interesting, though, because, like, that's kind of – what Scream has always been. It's always been mm. meta before meta was really a thing and yeah. self-referential, especially in the second. And then like the third and on, because by the time the third movie comes around, the events of the first two in the movie universe are so popular that they've made movies of those events. So it's like, then they can refer back to, oh, remember in, it's called Stab, right? Remember mm-hmm. in Stab 1, but really they're talking <laughs> about Scream 1, which is very clever, but you're right. Mm-hmm. By the time we get to Scream Vi, it's all like, and then this one, and then this one, and then this one, and then this one. Um, <laughs> so, so was Scream which, v- 5, was that one kind of like a nice soft <laughs> reboot? <laughs> yeah, I think that one was, a, and I didn't really like it to be honest. And that was the one that um, Wes 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 Anderson, oh, Wes Anderson <laughs> AI does scream. Um, Wes Craven. <laughs> that was the last one he wrote and was involved with, and um, it. I didn't really like it. Like there was a lot of issues with it. I thought. 
Um, and so this one was slightly better. Hmm. Like Scream, I, I don't know. I didn't really rate. Um, but this one was was slightly better. It's like they listened to some of the fans and and kind of made it better. But I just really have nostalgia for those, you know, first three. What did you movies. give it on IMDb? I know you like to rate these movies. I think Person. I might have given it a six. I don't remember. I, I I would have given it a six or a seven, it, which in my scale is not bad. It's passable. I thought it was a passable movie. Passable. I would have given. Yeah, I'd give it like a five probably. Yeah. But like you said, like it was fun to watch. It was a fun yeah. movie yeah. to have people over and watch and like the ridiculous things that are going on. And now, was it yeah. was it extra gory, Kirsten? Because that's what I, I yes. think in, it was. This was gorier than previous screams. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh. Um, like I didn't find it that gory, to be honest. I don't know. Yeah, well, that's because you didn't recognize what a gut looked like. Like a, a, <laughs> when the intestine was coming out, you didn't know what it was. That was an intestine. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Brian, did you review this one already? No. Oh, no. I thought you had. I didn't, I didn't see the other ones. No, I remember we we even looked while we were watching the movie. Oh, we went we? to go look and see if he had. I sworn that he did. I know. I could have oh. sworn too. We really thought you had. I saw the first yeah. three, and then I didn't see four and five. Yeah. Um, I, I rated it a six. It. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was definitely more gory. Like even though Scream movies are kind of known for being a slasher, they're like, I don't want to call it a commentary on the slasher because they're not that clever. But, you know, there's not so much gore. It's not about that. A send up? Part. Yeah, they're not really a send up either. An homage. I don't a know. They're, just, they're not that gory. Um, yeah. And so this one, there was a lot more like when you see the stabbing, there is stabbing and, <clears throat> and blood and guts, <laughs> Paul, wow. um, intestines. Um, <laughs> so that kind of was interesting. Like, and I don't think it was done in a bad way either. Like, I don't li- I like scary movies, but I don't like gory horror like Mm. that's not what i'm there for Mm -hmm. and so i thought they did it in an okay way i thought it was a a good balance okay but definitely more gory for sure nice well anything else for the pod friends oh quickly i'll just i'll just say love and death sorry because we mentioned it earlier uh this is the hbo max thank you this is the hbo max um mini series Max. Max. Sorry. I think it's HBO Max still. No, it is an HBO show. Uh, yeah, okay. Anyway, uh, our friend Jesse Plemons, who we know from things like Fargo and Breaking Bad and all that stuff. And of course, uh, Elizabeth Olsen. And it's based on a true story, and it says it very clearly at the beginning of every episode. This is a true story. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, and really. they've, they've dropped three episodes so far, and it's kind of a slow burn, guys. Um, the third episode definitely left us on a bit of a cliffhanger, which I think was uh, intentional. Um, I'm not sure if I like it. I Elizabeth Olsen continues to amaze, though, and she is very creepy but likable at the same oh. time. Holy smokes, the trailer yeah. makes her look pretty creeptastic. Yeah, yeah. and it's, hmm. it's, it's, it's and I was listening to some interviews with her, and it was kind of like she wanted to bring out the ridiculousness of the situation of this story, which is true, which I have not looked into because I want to watch the show and just be surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so anyways, three episodes. I've watched them. It's a slow burn. I'll tell you later if I liked it. Okay, nice. good enough. 
Nice. Kirsten James, where can we find you on the internet? Oh, Kirsten.James, and also so everybody knows, we are all going to see Guardians of the Galaxy on Thursday. Brian's seeing it an hour before anybody else. Damn it, I don't and have a ticket yet. And then we'll talk about it next week. So yes. everyone, for your homework that's listening to this, go watch Guardians of the Galaxy so that we can spoil it for you next week. Can't nice. wait. Dot James. Paul Plastino. Paul Sorry, Plastino. I waited until you took a drink. That's what At Paul Plastino, yeah. Brian. Uh, Zone.fm slash DJ Boytano. The Zone.fm slash Mixtape Live. Please go there. Find out. Find mm-hmm. out what's there. Find out what's there. You never know. Art. Art Aronson. I got one thing right. My name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Caboose. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Twitch.tv slash WebmeisterBud. This has been the Zones Geek Out Podcast, episode 238. Right around the time you're listening to this, may the fourth be with you. Um, thank you so much for listening. Bye. <laughs>